You know what time it is. Here we go. It's time to take attendance. Attendance today. It's time to take attendance. So say your name, okay. RJ. Katine Media Institute, this is Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck at home with nothing better to do. I'm at my producer, Riley Taylor, recording this on my iPhone in my closet since the Atme studio is closed for the time being. As teachers, students, and parents all know, online school is tough. But teaching music and teaching it to young kids has its own unique difficulties during a pandemic. So in this episode, we're going to hear from Danielle Kemp. He teaches music at Russian Jack Elementary. At Me Senior Producer Daisy Carter spoke with him about the challenges of online learning, dealing with the constantly changing plans to return to in-person classes, and the positive impacts music has had on his students. They spoke on November 18th, 2020. What made you want to become a music teacher? Oh, shoot. Um... I've been a musician my whole life, well, almost my whole life. So it's kind of a combination of two things. Um, You know, I I started in the band in fifth grade and I've loved music ever since. And my mother taught school for 37 years before she retired. And, you know, she taught me four of those, uh, four of my high school years. So you get that influence with music and Voila. Yeah, what instrument do you play? Uh, a few. My my main two instruments are trumpet and piano. Nice. I try I tried to learn piano and I kind of got it. Not really, but kind of got it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a 
just a really versatile instrument. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. How did you get your start um, at Russian Jack? I can imagine that many schools, like you had like many opportunities to go to different schools. So why choose Russian Jack? I had a mentor teacher, um, Mr. Kuka, who used to be the music teacher there at Russian Jack. And, you know, I used to sit in every Thursday uh, and just sometimes run the classes there uh, with him and uh, just really started to like the school, especially the diversity of the school. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kids of color there and um, I felt that my presence would be, you know, uh, well-placed in that school. And so I had an interview and I mean, it wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna take that job. No, I had to have an interview and, you know, accepted to the position, of course, but yeah, that's, you know, kind of the, the gist of, re you know, the reason why I wanted to go there. How did you as a music teacher switch to online learning? Like how, um, like how was your first day like, you know, doing online classes? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to BS anybody. It was terrible and it's, it's gotten a lot better. There's no substitute for in-person music um, music classes. The kids, like the, the best thing for them, of course, is, you know, uh, academically is to have them in the class, touching the instruments, playing with the instruments um, and interacting with them so, each other because being a, a, a good musician is not just about you know learning how to play an instrument on your own, but the other half of it is learning how to play well with others in a group, you know, in a band, or you know, and so forth and so on. So um, that's part of what they learn is teamwork and camaraderie and you know learning how to listen to each other, not just play my own instrument. And I'm just going to be toot 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 my horn. No, you know, you teach them these social skills too, about how to listen to someone else and balance what, what you have with what they have too and making beautiful music like that. So yeah, it, it was terrible. Um, it was horrible, uh, but it has gotten a whole lot better. And the reason why I believe it's gotten a lot better isn't because of the technology. It's just because it's taken time for the kids and the teachers, both of us, to learn the routines, learn the mistakes, you know, learn from the mistakes that we made, at least the teachers, but for the students, really it's to learn those routines, learn, you know, the consistencies that need to happen uh, wh what does right look like? Okay, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to mute now, or you know, or you, you know, you're supposed to not mute. You're supposed to turn your camera on. And in, in my music class, I tell the kids make sure that you have your camera situated in a manner that I can see the top of your head to your stomach because we utilize what we call the soul fed system in music. So it starts from do, 
do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, and then up here to high do. So I want to make sure that I can see everything from low do to high do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also I can see their hand movements um, when we're performing rhythms um, or just doing other type of movements. Some of the kids have either like cell phones or small like tablets. So they'll scoot real close to the, the camera or, or the, the screen in order to see stuff because there's a lot of things going on on the screen that they need to see. They need to see the teacher. They also need to see any um, like slideshows that we have on or videos. They also need to see some of their classmates too because um, some of the musical games we play involve their other classmates. So that's kind of the, one of the unfortunate things when you have a smaller screen. If I had my way, I would have every student have like a 42 inch screen, right? A, like a 42 inch screen so that all the pictures, like the, all the little boxes in the Zoom are blown up so they can see everybody without having to be so close to the screen, right? And they can see all their friends and the teacher and everything, and they can see the lessons as plain as day, right? So yeah, if I had my way, everybody would have like a 42 inch screen with a camera right on top with the laptop plugged into it so that they could stream it like that. That would be awesome. That's so sweet that like, yeah, that's like ideally you'd want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, to kind of piggyback on um, on what I was saying is do how do students like get the instruments? Do they do they pick them up in the school like their Chromebooks or how does that work? So we we make our own. <laughs> I have the kids that we you know make homemade instruments, um, and it's pretty cool that we've they've made some drums, we've made some shakers uh, and different type of instruments. But there's musical instruments everywhere you know and that's the beauty of it like so we i've seen some kids they take uh folgers cans you know the parents are finished drinking their coffee and they have an empty can of coffee and so we just make a drum out of it uh a tom-tom you know or uh some sort of hand drum or even a bass like a bass guitar out of a old can of coffee and it, the, the kids love it i get a kick out of it and they learn how to play music and they can show off to their friends. So even though they can't physically be in the same space and show off their instrument, they can still show it off and they can still hear it. Can you talk a little bit about how the engagement has been kind of with your students? You know, like I know from like personal experience, like my little cousin cannot sit down and, and like do her homework. Like someone has to be there like reminding her. So I was just wondering like how how, you know, I, I, well, I imagine that music well, class is a little bit easier, but. I do my music class a little differently than a lot of folks uh, in the district here. Um, so as, as a music teacher during the pandemic, we are, are given a different job. So we're called generalists, all right? And so we're assigned 
a grade and um, one or two teachers, right? So I've been assigned to support first grade students in uh, Mr. Livingston and Mr. Carrillo's class. And so I'll go in the mornings and I'll assist them in teaching like reading in the morning. And in the afternoon, I assist them in teaching math for the first graders, right? So reading in the morning, first grade, math in the afternoon, first grade, and two different teachers. And so I assist, I come in the Zoom lessons and then I'll go into like breakout rooms sometimes with the kids and we'll uh, go over math problems and we'll go over reading problems, spelling words, high frequency words, so forth and so on. Also at the same time, I don't do recorded music lessons. Mm -mm. Nope, that's not my bag. So what I've done is I've, I've opened my schedule so it's all live. And so I'll have like um, my schedule. So teachers pick a time and then just put themselves in there. And then, you know, I'm, you know, have the Zoom session open, the students come in and we have live music class over Zoom. So, cause I don't, I don't like that. Now, sometimes I might use what the, the, the district puts out um, because they've, um, the fine arts department has some stuff online for a supplement for music teachers. Since music teachers are now generalists, they put that in for um, offline or like asymmetrical learning. But I tell my students, no, you, you, you can come to me. You don't have to do asymmetrical. You can do symmetrical live Zoom and we can all interact together. And so we sing together uh, and we do rhythms together and we dance together, you know, live during Zoom. And it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, I, I really get a kick out of my kindergarten classes. They are, uh, they're the best. Yeah, those those little kids. We just have a lot of fun. That's so cute. I, I, I can't even imagine like, you know, just like seeing like a bunch of kids like just like happy and like dancing. Like that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people say that it's I guess easier like to do online classes because you know you just have to sit and like, sit on a laptop and you know, just stay there. Um what are some kind of misconceptions about, you know, remote learning, especially with music? Well, I mean, it may be easier for some sub subjects, but like music ain't one of them. Like, I'm sure you've heard it, the expression, like you can listen to a record, you can listen to an album, but nothing beats an in-person live concert. And that's the same principle when it comes to music, nothing beats, you know, in-person class. And believe you me, I miss my kids. I want them to be, I want to see them. I want to see the smiles on their faces when they're just banging on the drums uh, or when they're about to tear up my uh, xylophones. But I want the priority, I want to keep them safe. Safety and health come first because if you're not safe and if you're not healthy, then you can't do anything. So uh, we got to keep the kids safe even though I want to see my kids, I want to be there live in person. I want to see them 
alive first. That's a great sentiment. Well, what are some, you know, positives of online learning? So, okay. The most positive thing is that I get to use a, a mute button. You don't have that in real life. Yeah. I'll tell you. So when, when we get this vaccine and we eventually go back to class, I tell you, I will miss that mute button. I <laughs> want to have like, boop, boop, boop. It's not working. Boop, boop, mute. This thing is broken. Is it, does it need batteries? You know, we'll have fun in class because I can't use my mute button on the kids <laughs> anymore. You could do like an imaginary one, just be like, all right, like mute class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's here to get their attention. Yes, Dalen, yes. Ms. Kemp, can I unmute? Yes, okay. <laughs> oh but, my goodness, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. We'll be right back. Even though all of us at ATME have been working from home during the pandemic, we are still looking for youth to join our team. As a youth producer, you can conduct interviews like the one you're listening to right now, edit audio, record voiceovers, help write scripts, and much more. And all of that is paid work. So if you are between the ages of 13 and 24, living in Alaska, and interested in joining ATME, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join. You can also email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. Now back to Daisy's interview with Daniel Kemp. Well, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, ASD is just constantly changing plans from like, yes, we're going back to school like one day and then like the next day, like, or like even the day before you're supposed to go back to school. It's just like, no, we're not going back to school. So um, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about what it's like, you know, to like to, for you personally to be constantly changing, um, you know, your curriculum? I mean, I don't really care so much about like, like how I feel about it. I mean, how a teacher feels is irrelevant to a certain point because we're a lot more flexible than like the students and the parents. Um, it's the students and the parents and really the students who it, it hurts the most because it's um, inconsistency. You remember earlier in the interview, right? I, saying, I was saying that one of the things that, that we've learned during the Zoom period is um, the kids learning routines and consistent patterns, consistent you know, ways of doing things. And when you start breaking that, that's when people and kids start stumbling, you know, because uh, they are less adaptable to change than we are, at least the teachers are. You know, so kids, then the parents, and then us in that order. That was the thing that bothered me is because the kids' routines will be shaken up and because it takes them a lot longer to learn and get used to things than it does us. For instance, in the beginning of every class, if I don't do the attendance song, the kids will now like say, Mr. Kemp, you forgot to do the attendance song. You are right. 
consistency matters with kids, right? And so they don't need all that in their lives. Like they already got enough problems with first with COVID, then their parents may not have a, a job or they be, may be away and all this other stuff. And then you're gonna throw these inconsistencies. That's not really taking care of kids. You know, they need consistency in their life. Even before the COVID, right? When a kid comes to class, any inconsistency they may have at home, at school, they know when they come into music or really any class, but especially music, I tell them, doesn't matter what happens outside this classroom. You know exactly what to expect every single time you come into this classroom, right? You know what to expect to come in quiet and to sit down and to make sure you raise your hand just like every day. Uh, and then we do certain things by routine every, so you know what to expect. And if I'm gonna surprise you, you know, or give you something new, I'm gonna let you know in advance. So, you know, so a lot of kids, they crave coming to school because they know school is consistent. And when you start throwing that out of the window, the kids are just, they, they, they will start to fall by the wayside even more than they have now. So yeah, we need to stop going backwards and forwards. We need to pick one lane through the rest of the year, I believe, and just stick with it because kids are learning. My kids are learning. And they say, well, you have absenteeism in school. Yeah, you have a few new kids that are absentee, but for the most part is like the kids who used to be absent, it's the same bunch who are still absent. So we're not like getting new absentees. It's just the ones who were absent. They're just absent now on Zoom. Um, and you still want to get them in a Zoom just like you want to get them in a class. But yeah, I think that's um, that's a false narrative that's been pushed, like this absenteeism thing. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm digressing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I know you kind of like touched on it earlier, but I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth into it. Um, how do you believe that school should be handled during a pandemic? Yeah, I mean, whatever you do, I would say just be consistent with it because if you start doing different things and throughout the year, you're going to start uh, bringing up confused. People are going to get confused. Um, rumors are going to start flying. And when that happens, that's no good for anybody. So consistent messaging, consistent behavior, consistent policies, make sure that you do no harm <laughs> yeah. you know? especially yeah. to the most vulnerable because that's i think that's that should be the gauge in whatever you do you know whatever you do do it with the care for the most vulnerable of among us mm -hmm. you know that would be like our special needs kiddos and you know um maybe like uh kids who are uh come from a poor communities, kids of color, maybe. Yeah, so keep those kids in mind, keep those communities in mind whenever we do something, you know, how it's gonna affect them, not the, the, the best off in our society, the, the worst off. Um, kind of piggybacking on that, when do you think that it's gonna be safe for students and teachers to get back into in-person classes? No, no earlier than until after we have a vaccine. 
because anytime if we go back before then we're operating on levels of risk like higher levels of risk i mean you're always uh, so i'm i'm a retired army officer you know and you know we're always used to like putting together operations orders and and every operations order you're going to have like a risk matrix right that has you know the level of risk and duration you know that you're going to use for the um, to determine your level of risk during any situation uh, or any event that you're planning. That's just everyday life. But now the, the risk level is always going to be slightly elevated because there is no vaccine. Like you are playing a game of roulette every time you like step out into the public with someone other than yourself, even your own family members. You're st still taking a risk, you know, and you're spinning that roulette, right? And you're hoping that it's an empty chamber when, you, you know, cause it's, you know, you pull in a trigger every time, right? And you're just hoping it's an empty chamber. Um, even if you don't want to be associated with somebody, somebody else is playing roulette with you, you know, taking risk with your life uh, out there as well. So we're all playing roulette with each other just rolling the you know spinning the chambers that's such an interesting analogy they're like yeah like we're all just we're all just playing roulette like yeah just yeah playing roulette with each other mm -hmm. like if i'm if, you know that's why i talk about these folks without masks you're playing roulette with me and you're coming out here saying you have a right yeah you don't have a right to play roulette and point the gun at me and pull the trigger though that's where your right stop is when you're pulling the dangerous trigger at me like Mm -mm, no, you do not have the right to put me in danger like that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we're out here playing roulette with each other. And so the best way to keep people safe from roulette from each other is to separate folks. Um, until we get the vaccine. And that's like a bulletproof vest. Yeah, that protection, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you think the future of online learning is going to look like? Like, do you think a lot more parents, you know, now that they're kind of used to, you know, the Zoom in classes, do you think like parents are going to be more inclined to do like online classes? Yeah. Um, here's the deal, though. The reason why we had so much trouble now is because parents weren't, or at least one parent was not able to stay at home to help their kid through classes. Some parents were blessed to be able to work from home, but a lot of parents are not. Why? Because, well, um, whomever they work for either uh, sadistically required them to be at work or they um, was a, or it was a situation where they were one of those essential workers like in the food industry, right? We all need to eat, we all need to drink and breathe, right? Or they were in a situation where their employer could not afford to have them at home. And that's where that whole thing with uh, like the HEROES Act, right? And unemployment benefits that folks would need in order to take care and watch their kid while they are online. Um, because I can tell you, the parents who are actually at home, you know, and I'll see them, they'll be over to the side, right? While their kid is in the Zoom, and you can tell them, they'll be like, come on, come on, Johnny. Okay. And, you know, and we, it is helpful 
right? To have someone like that. Otherwise, if you have an undisciplined kid, they're going to be all over the place, you know? And so parents cannot afford to do that when they should have been able to afford to do that. Not only that, but some of them couldn't quit because they didn't have health care. So a, a lot of the problems that, that you're saying, like with the technology, the technology is irrelevant unless you have like parental support for those kids in the absence of school. And in order to have that parental support, the government, the evil government needs to be able to help, right? those parents, they're American citizens to be able to do that for their kids and to help the community stay safe. Um, of course, that's not in the best interest of companies who want to make a lot of money, whose bottom line is profit, but it is in the best interest of the people who want to see their children succeed, want to see their children learn, but cannot afford to stay at home uh, during a pandemic. So yeah, it doesn't matter what technology you have. If the government is unable or unwilling to help, then, then you know, it's all for naught. I know personally, like when I sing or when I play my ukulele, mm -hmm. um, I often feel like more relaxed and in, in a way it's kind of therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So um, what are some positive impacts that music has had, you know, on your students during these times? I mean, everything, like everything that music does is um, it's, it's a way for kids to express themselves. It's a way for kids to um, like let off some steam and it's all art, right? So whether you're playing music, whether you're singing it, whether you're dancing to it, it's, it's all art and it's all a way for kids to express themselves, ex expressing their emotions because they shouldn't be afraid to express if they're mad, if they're angry, sad, you know, or happy. They can do it all through music that's the power of music. It not only helps you to express your feelings, but it can also change your mood too. So if a kid is feeling a little down, right? And you can play, you know, like, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You know, you make me happy when skies are gray. Right, so you play, you are my sunshine, Right? And then the kids, they light up and like, oh, you have changed the, the chemistry in their brain, right? To help them to feel, you know, happy. It's uh, self-regulation and for the kids and also um, mood enhancement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, missed, I, missed the, um, I missed the seventh, the dominant seventh in You Are My Sunshine. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I missed that. So I just wanted to at least correct the record, right? I, you know, I, that it was a dominant seven. Okay, that, uh, you know, you make me happy when skies are gray. All right, all right, so. 
that's so nice that like you do that and that you kind of like are kind of like that outlet you know to to kind of like brighten like a student's day you know yeah uh, a lot of kids say that you know they uh, look forward to music um, and I, I look forward to seeing them in class you know even if it's just one kid in class it, it's all good to me we're gonna have class we're gonna learn something yeah something that i something that i also kind of wanted to ask was do you have plans for doing like a virtual concert um maybe next year i was doing some reading up on like how to do like a uh, like a virtual choir virtual concert uh and uh it's more difficult than i originally thought <laughs> uh so I kind of have a, an idea of how to do it. I need to get used to some new software. I'm gonna do it. So yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it next next semester. I, it would take some more planning because I did not plan on doing it this semester. And I wanna be consistent with myself, right? So I will plan thoroughly for next semester so now that i have time and i'm looking more of a spring end of year concert that is if we're still online yeah all right well um is there anything else you'd like to add about being a music teacher during a pandemic uh i mean seeing the kids like even though we're not in person and we can't do a lot of like collective playing, because if you unmute everybody, it's just gonna be a big jumble of mess, right? Um, but they still participate. They still clap and say the rhythms. We're still, you know, doing uh, uh, ear training during class and they still have fun, I, you know? And a, a lot of those truisms are the same from kindergarten through fifth grade, like kindergarten definitely the most enthusiastic of the bunch because they're brand new to this stuff. By the time you get to fifth grade, hormones start to set in. They're starting to get indifferent. All they want to do is watch their cell phones and talk to their friends online while they're chewing gum or whatever in class. It's expected. And that hasn't changed, like in being online. There's still kids. You know, there's still fourth graders. There's still fifth graders going through things. They're starting to, to establish those clicks, you know, uh, going heading into middle school. It happens year after year after year. Um, it's just moved online, you know. And so you just try your best to manage it online. You're learning. Just like you're learning to be a, a new type of teacher, an online teacher, just like they're being learning how to be a an online student and I would say just give us the consistency and the runway to be able to take off that's all thank you Daniel thank you so much for letting me for letting me interview for giving me this time to um to, you know talk about because yeah I have been wondering like how like not just like math and history and you know all the core subjects but also how like extracurricular um teachers have been doing during this time well, they've, they've been frustrated. PE teacher, I know our PE teacher, he's been frustrated. I mean, I haven't been able to do a whole lot of PE. So, you know, he's moved over to be a generalist to help like I am. He doesn't have the live classes going on like I do, but I don't know if that would be able to work out with him 
but I just I could not do the asymmetric stuff. I that's just not me. And it's not even just about music. It's just about con like connections. Like you, music is a way to connect with your students. Like it's a, it's another way. The main thing that any teacher, no matter whether music, gym, math, social studies, we're trying to raise good people. Which <laughs> that's at the at the end of the day. It's not about raising smart kids. No, we're trying to raise good people because if you raise good people, they will end up doing the right thing at the right time. You know, we will all be much better off for it because they'll figure out how to be smart, all that stuff. The hard thing is teaching them those soft skills, those things that they they really need to develop in order to be good people, good hearted people with good souls that, you know, able to help their fellow man and fellow woman, you know, when they need to, you know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're really teaching is teaching our kids how to be good people. That was AMI senior producer Daisy Carter speaking with Danielle Kemp, music teacher at Russian Jack Elementary. And for our outro music, let's have his class take us out. Here we go. Oh, you ready? Ready to get a little bit of movement going on? All right, make sure you got enough room. You've been listening to Podcast in Place, youth stories from quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Trekkengost, with additional music by Kendrick Whiteman, and of course, Mr. Kemp's Russian Jack kindergarten class. Stay tuned for more stories from Quarantine Youth. Here we go. It's so good to see you. I almost couldn't wait. Would you clap your hands while we count to eight? You can find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org, along with resources for youth during quarantine in partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Would you jump up and down while we count to eight? Go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including John O'Hara, James McCoy, United Way of Anchorage, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. But the views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska, help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash Alaska Teen Media. You can also help us by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps get our stories out there. Would you meow count while we count to a go meow 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 meow
And don't forget to check out our website, alaskateenmedia.org. There, you can learn more about what our organization does, discover more youth-produced content, or find out how to get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Riley Taylor. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Yes, so good to see you. I almost couldn't wait. Would you do the bunny hop while we count to eight? Go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Woo! That was a lot of boing, boing going on. Boing, boing, boing. All right. I got one more for you. Check it out. Hey, it's so good to see you. I almost couldn't wait. Would you pick your women? Hold up. Would you thumb your nose while we count to eight? Go, oh yeah. Now, how many of you actually picked your nose? Ew. <laughs>